Good afternoon and welcome to this week's Title Now pop-up webinar, where we get together every week and talk about topics of interest to the real estate and title industry. I'm Melissa Murphy with the fund, and I have the pleasure of hosting these weekly webinars. As mentioned, we try to deal with a variety of topics, and I think our topic today is a great one. But a quick reminder, these are weekly, they are free, and they are only 30 minutes long. And I try to be pretty strict about that 30 minutes because um, respectful of your time. We also push this content out in an audio uh, format on our podcast, which is also called Title Now. So if you're interested in having access to that information, just go wherever you go to subscribe for your podcast and you will be able to find Title Now. Michael Rothman is helping us this week by monitoring questions that you may have. It has proven challenging uh, in these very short 30-minute webinars to also incorporate a Q&A time, but I thought today's topic might lend itself to some good questions from you all. So Michael's gonna be monitoring those for us, uh, and if we don't get to your question during the webinar, I will try very hard to respond to your question individually after the webinar. So what's our context this week? Getting loan documents signed during the pandemic has proven to be quite challenging. Borrowers don't want you to send a mobile notary to their house, someone that they don't know. They don't wanna leave their house and go to their bank or go to someone's office. They're, they're very worried about doing that. And you are worried about having to deal with the public coming in and out of your office. So when this pandemic really became a reality to us, we all thought, oh my gosh, Ron is the perfect solution to this situation. But lenders will not accept any loan document being signed electronically. Now, I'm not saying that's 100% of the lenders out there, but I hear this from my fund members continually over and over again, that so many lenders will not allow any of their loan documents to be signed electronically. We all understand about e-notes and the need to have the promissory note with the wet signature on it, but we can deal with that. It doesn't need to be witnessed or notarized, but what is the problem? with the rest of these loan documents. And this is so confusing because Fannie Mae came out with some detailed but pretty darn clear guidelines in April and May that said, this is fine in Florida. So what were these guidelines all about if they weren't to say in Florida, electronically signed loan documents are fine but for the note, they're fine. So I have the perfect guest to talk with us about this situation. I wanna introduce Shane Hartzler uh, to the group. Shane is with Fannie Mae, so welcome Shane. Thank you so much for being hey. here. 
So Shane is perfect to talk about this because his title at Fannie Mae is Director of E-Mortgage Strategies and Operations. So Shane, tell us what you do at Fannie Mae and what Fannie Mae's uh, perspective and approach is to e-signing digital closing. So, so just and again, uh, thanks. I'm I'm really glad to be here, Melissa. Really glad to uh, join and talk to uh, the fund members. Um, I think first of all, just as as background in terms of what I do and and what we're trying to accomplish, you know, Fannie Mae, and and this is going to go directly to some of your comments around the e-note because I do want to say sort of at the outset, um, I do care about uh, the e-note. I'd love to get the e-note uh, signed electronically whenever I can. There are some reasons for that that maybe we can talk about. As an investor, uh, I actually feel better about getting an e-note. There's some things that I can do from a from a data uh, validation that makes it easier for me. Uh, I feel like I'm getting a better asset. I can um, uh, from a QC perspective. And so there are some reasons why I'd like to get the the e-note as part of that process. It's one of the things that we've been talking to lenders about. But just in general, Fannie Mae has has actually been advocating for e-mortgages now for about 15 years. We started like in the early 2000s. Um, and we actually uh, did some of the, the first e-notes were done in Florida. Um, I actually, I think the first one was in Florida uh, back in 2004. And, uh, and we've been and, you know, working with lenders to try to sort of move in that direction since then. And, and the reason why we do that is for a couple of reasons. A, um, we do think from a, from a risk standpoint that it's a better uh, risk product. You don't have to worry about missing signatures. You don't have to worry about missing docs. Um, so there's going to be some of those benefits. We do think it's a better borrower experience. Uh, I have so many, um, you know, sort of anecdotal uh, experiences where people talk about how the closing experience when it's done electronically is just such a better customer experience uh, in terms of the amount of time, the amount of effort. You don't have to, you know, sort of hand sign all of those documents. Um, if you think about sort of what the CFPB was trying to accomplish with with TRID and some of their, you know, sort of borrower protections, you get a lot more ability to sort of provide those documents to the borrower ahead of time. So, and it's easier to provide those documents electronically so the borrower can, can view those, hopefully can uh, review them and think through their questions sort of ahead of the closing such that when you get to the closing, you're able to uh, sign that a lot easier, right? And so, you know, we do think that. And then as we think about Ron, you know, we, even before the pandemic, we always saw Ron as the ultimate sort of borrower experience, right? Like the ultimate sort of, if you think about from a customer standpoint, right? Because you now don't have to go anywhere. You can schedule it on your own. You can, you can schedule it on your own time. Um, you can, you know, you, you don't, you can stay in your own home. If something happens, like I've heard of closing sessions where somebody was going through a Ron session and um, one of their kids came in and had been like on the trampoline or something like that and had broken their arm. And literally they stopped the closing session went out, went to the ER, got the, got the kid's arm fixed, came back in and then, and then just started, you know, restarted the closing session right where they were. And so it gives a lot more flexibilities from a borrower standpoint, right? So those are, those are the good things. Those are the benefits. And those are the reasons why we've really been advocating for, um, to go in this, this e-closing space. I think, um, as part of the pandemic, the other reason why we're doing this and the, the reason, again, why we want e-notes, but also just in general is we're going to limit the amount of paper interactions 
one of the things that we have to think about as part of the closing process, right, is if I'm in, if I'm producing, you know, three inches worth of, of paper documents, right, those paper documents, once they're signed, still have to go somewhere. So either they're going back to the settlement office and then you guys are going to have to you know, scan them, send them to the letter, to the lender. You're probably FedExing them also back to the lender, right? At the lender shop, they're having to get that paper package. They're having to go through it, do a QC, you know, you sort it into various bins, you put the note you know, and you send that off to a custodian, um, those types of things, all of those interactions, right? If we can go to an electronic world, we can eliminate all of that paper interaction and the need to have, you know, people in the background who are opening the FedEx, reviewing the documents, you know, sending them off somewhere else. And so we, we feel like um, ultimately this is going to be a better experience for, for everyone that's involved in the process. So that's that's kind of where we are and the reason why we're why we're doing some of those things. So if going digital is so ideal for the lending industry, why are there so few lenders that have been willing to do it? Keynotes? Yeah. So there's a couple of things. I think first there has been a there's been a perception that it's hard to do. There are certainly some technology components that, that a lender needs to have in place. And I think that's the reason why, like oftentimes, you know, I, I hear some of the same thing that you're hearing back from your members, right? Which is the title companies will say, hey, I'm ready to do this. But the lender told me I can't, I can't sign an e-note or I can't deliver an e-note to Fannie Mae. And, and what that is, is it's not really that I don't, like I said, I, I want e-notes all day long. I'm happy to approve lenders, but there are processes that lenders have to go through and there's a special approval that we, that we have um, for them. And the reason why that is, is A, there are some technology components that lenders have to have in place, right? So they need to have an e-vault. They need the ability to sort of store the e-note uh, securely. They need to be able to register it with the MERSI registry. And so some of that technology uh, does require some work on the lender's part. And so that's one of the reasons why lenders are, are sort of hesitant to do that. I think the other thing is it um, from a fungibility standpoint, right? So Fannie Mae is willing to buy e-notes. Freddie Mac is willing to buy e-notes. But if I was a smaller lender who maybe I sell to an aggregator, uh, so I sell to Chase or Freedom or Penny Mac or Caliber or any one of those uh, sort of investors, not all of them are yet accepting e-notes. Not all of them are, you know, have the, have some of those capabilities. And so if I'm a smaller lender who wants to make sure that I have multiple execution opportunities, I may not necessarily want to go forward with an e-note because I don't want to just have to be forced to sign, to sell just to Fannie and Freddie. Um, I think also there is, and, and Florida, to its credit, like Florida has done a lot to sort of address a lot of the perceptions that we have around the, the, the notorial process, right? And when I say the notorial process, right, a lot of the things that we hear about is I can't notarize the documents electronically or I can't, you know, remotely notarize the documents electronically. I can't record them in the county, you know, in the county recorder's office, right? Florida has done a great job of thinking through this, putting the raw law in place, thinking about having the paper out option. So if the recorders don't have the capabilities, you still have the ability to, you know, print out the affidavit and put that in. And so you've addressed a lot of those challenges. But if I'm a national lender where I have to think about 
doing this across the nation in these various states that have these various patchworks of notorial laws in place that maybe where the county does or doesn't have some of these recording standards. I think that's where some lenders have been hesitant to move forward because it's just a hard workflow for them to be able to put into place. So what, I, what I'm hearing you say is uh, it's certainly a multi-layered series of challenges that you are observing the lending in, in, industry, excuse me, yep. the industry is facing. The first one I heard was sort of like scalability. If you're a smaller lender, even if you're a regional lender, so you have only a handful of state laws to deal with, yep. there's still this issue of scalability and how many loans do you do? and whether or not you can afford or justify that capital investment in the technology. So I'm hearing that. So that that's really interesting to me because we are also anecdotally hearing that the smaller lenders are going um, with the um, electronic signing and they're they're embracing Ron, whereas it, whereas it is the national lenders for whom yeah. scalability is a completely different issue. Yeah, 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 and yeah. Well, and, and let me just say, so I think your point around the small lenders is really important because that is where we're seeing a lot of the greatest amount of sort of quick, the ability, because you're a lot more nimble, right? So you are able mm -hmm. to put that into place and you're able, you are able to scale up. So um, I have a large national lender uh, they have multiple channels, right? So they do correspondent, they do retail. And um, I started talking to them in October. And October was when they said, this is going to be our priority to move forward. And it has taken them until now just to get everything in place where they are now have the capabilities, right? So that's been, what, eight months? It took them just to get to the point where they're now ready to start doing enos. I have a smaller lender who came to me in March and said, okay, I'm ready to get approved. I've done some of the things they've done. And they're already like more than half of their pipeline is all being signed electronically already. So in two months, they're already ramped up where more than 50% of their production is all going electronic. And I think that's the difference between these smaller lenders because they are more nimble, because they, they, they have that, that regional footprint, do have the ability once they put the technology in place to ramp up a lot faster and to have the ability to start going forward a lot quicker. It sounds like it just all boils down to the business philosophy of whoever the CEO or the person in charge yeah. of making this movement for any particular lender. Um, if you if you want to be a lender that is doing things this way, because there are all kinds yeah, of benefits, sure. all of the economic benefits, the back office benefits, I guess, is how yeah. I might characterize those, then you're going to move in that direction. But if the people in charge just you know, don't want to rock the boat, right. you know, all boils down to change management. Yep. Yep, that's so right. if one of my members is dealing with a lender that is uh, pushing back about getting any uh -huh. document signed electronically, we know the note needs to be signed, web yep. signed. What is the best way for a title agent to have a conversation with that lender, what are some things that a title agent can say mm -hmm. to that lender that might get them to move? 
I think the first thing is just highlighting the, the capabilities, right? So the, the ability to say, as a, as a settlement provider, as a title company, we have the capabilities to close some or all of the documents electronically, right? We, I think a lot of um, lenders also what they want to know, and, and I'll be curious sort of what, you, what your take on this is, particularly like with some of the RON platforms, right? They want to know from the settlement companies that they have experience working with those platforms. They don't want anything, again, the closing experience, what I've heard, and this is not just, this is um, conversations I've had both with realtors and also with, with the loan officers, right? They know that because um, their business is so relational, the closing is the last time that they're going to have that, that borrower experience. And so they don't want anything to go wrong, right? And so they definitely want to know from the settlement pr uh, provider that we've done this before, we have experience with this. Here's, you know, here's what we're going to, you know, here's what we're going to do. We understand what will happen if we, if we can't do it, like we're going to, we're going to go forward with this e-closing, but if it doesn't happen and we need to switch the paper, here's our process. You know, we have processes to handle that, to address that. We've managed all of these situations before. I think a lot of that goes a long way with helping the lenders to feel comfortable with some of those, with some of those questions. Sounds like a chicken and egg conversation because yeah. until you get yeah. the experience, you can't convince a lender yeah. to let you do it. Um, we'll get there. Um, that well, I think that is helpful to for some guidance. And I think the other thing that we've really tried to do is we've started talking again, particularly with some of our smaller lenders. We really recommend that they when they when they're getting started is reach out, particularly if they have a lot of relationships. You know, again, if I'm a smaller lender, hopefully I have a lot of those title settlement relationships that are out there. And so we really encourage the lenders to go out and build those relationships and to say, hey, we're thinking about doing this. How can we partner with you as as my title settlement company, as a, as a partner, to think about this? And we really need to own the adoption together versus me trying to say, okay, I'm doing it and you're not ready, or you saying I'm, I'm ready to do it and lender, you're not ready. That's it really, really needs to be together as part of that, yeah. And we have told our fund members, you need to start talking to your lenders about this. And of course, yep. we were saying that back in September and October when we knew yeah, this yeah, yeah, yeah. was going to affect. And the pandemic has just you know, accelerated yep. and intensified that situation. What I would like to do, Shane, is um, move a little bit into the future. Um, mm -hmm. Where do you see the whole technology situation going? Where do you see this digital process evolving to? Because right now yep. it's it's pretty segmented, um, and you know closings have traditionally been segmented. You need to go find the house, sign the contract, then you send the contract yep. Yep. to the lender. You go to the lender, you apply for that, you get loan approval. Then you say, okay, who's my closing agent? Who's my title agent? Now we're going to the closing. And you go and do that process. Yep, yep. So how do you see this happening and changing in the future? So I think one of the things that, that we're starting to see, and this is starting on the origination side, and I think it's going to start um, moving its way to the right into closing, is a lot of lenders um, – 
they looked at technology and they said, we really want to enhance the borrower experience. And one of the, th- the ways that they've done that is they've created sort of these borrower portals. Um, and, and if you think about, um, you know, Quicken probably started a lot of that. Like if you think about what they were doing with Rocket Mortgage, right? The whole intent of Rocket Mortgage was to have sort of this app that could simplify the application process, you know, to get quickly get pre-approval, to move through and remove a lot of the um, challenge around getting, you know, going through the loan um, origination process, you know, provide your documentation electronically, or even better, if you can start applying technology where you can go to directly to source systems and you can validate income and you can validate uh, employment and assets without having to get some of those borrower documents, right? And so there, a lot of lenders have sort of taken that on and they're using companies like Blend or Roostify or Plaid or, you know, there's, there's or Cloudburger. There's a number of sort of technology companies that are out there that provide sort of these borrower portals that that lenders are using to sort of manage the entire process from you know from point of sale right at pre-approval all the way through underwriting up until you get to the closing process and i think what you're going to see is lenders are recognizing that they could take those borrower portals and just keep moving them to the right and start applying them into the closing process as well and what that's going to do is that now allows a the, the borrower is able to interact with the same technology throughout the entire process, right? So maybe from a credentialing standpoint, like like I don't have to keep entering in multiple credentials. I just go to one place. Maybe I trust that better in terms of, you know, some of my authentication, some of those things. But it also means that the lender can own that borrower experience through closing a lot more. And so I think you're going to see them start leveraging these portals as it goes into closing. And what I think that means for title and settlement is that, there's going to be much more of sort of these interactions with these lender portals, either through the closing platform or, or I think there's going to be a lot more integration with, with, with some of that, you know, front end piece where the closing is all going to be done, but it's going to be branded much more and from, you know, sort of a lender branding, uh, all of those things versus a separate sort of process. So that's the first thing. And then the other, yeah, I would just, if I can, I think no. the other area where, I think technology is really going to, uh, and, and this is, I think, an issue that, that we've struggled with as an industry for a long time, but I think is where we're going to do is, how do I help to facilitate the collaboration between the lender and title pre-closing, closing, post-closing, right? So as you think about, you know, that interaction between title and the lender when, you know, the lender sends the initial closing instructions and you sort of get that information and there's that back and forth where it's like, the address isn't this, it's really that. And, you know, I did my titles. You know what I mean? I mean, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's this ongoing, right, exactly. Like all of that collaboration that has to go back and forth. And, and, and in today's world, a lot of that is very, you know, it's email or it's sending it back and forth. And oftentimes that's where we run into data inconsistencies where maybe title is making a change in their system, but it didn't get moved back into the LOS. And so then you go forward and then the note suddenly does, you know, you have a lot of those issues. And I think you're going to see a lot more collaboration and integration where those two entities are going to be able to work together. We've actually looked at some of that technology, looking at leveraging something like, um, I, I never like to say blockchain because everybody's head kind of goes like yeah. this when we say blockchain, but but leveraging some of those digital technologies to be able to facilitate some of that collaboration. I think that's what you're going to see a lot more of that also where the data, it, you're going to be able to validate data in real time and you're not going to have to have some of this back and forth that we have today. Wow. 
So, so you're envisioning a time when the lender will have a portal and the closing agent will sign into that portal once they've been designated as the closing agent or the title agent. And all of the information will flow through, I guess that's the right verb, flow yep, through right. that portal. And, and yeah, I mean, I can see where a ton of integrations need to occur between mm -hmm. the title agent's communication system, the title agent's closing software, the way that they right. produce yep. documents. And then if you're going to uh, handle this closing as a digital closing, then that platform, that technology has That's got right. to be integrated in a way that meets the lender's requirements, but also meets the state law requirements right. for the jurisdiction right. where the property is located or where the notary is located. I'm not sure I'll live that long, Shane. <laughs> well, and, and, what you, and Melissa, what do you think? Well, you make a really important, I think you make a really important point. And this is the point that I say when I, when I talk to title and settlement agents is I think if I were just to say, oh, you know, lenders are going to move to the right and they want to own the closing experience, a lot of, 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 of agents might look at that and say, oh, that sounds like you think you're going to do my job and, and what's my role or do I have to worry about that? And I think the point that you made was really, really important, which is lenders, even if you're a regional lender, don't understand the, the, the state requirements around the, the closing process, right? The, all of the legal requirements, all of the, um, uh, you know, all of the protections that are there, all of those things that, that you all have that. And so it's, a, it's an important point that I always make that, that this technology collaboration in no way from my standpoint means that the role of the agent goes away. And in fact, I would argue that the role of the agent becomes as important, maybe more important, because you need to continue to be that voice to say, Hey, we still need to think about this. This is how, you know, this is how the closing needs to be managed. We need to go through all of those things. And so I think it's it's a really important point to say, even as we have this technology, to me, it doesn't change the the role of the agent at all. In fact, it sort of highlights the important role that they play, both in in pre, during closing, and post closing. What do you think are the impediments to moving in that direction? Or what do you think the evolution of the industry needs to be? And by the industry, I understand I'm cutting a wide yeah, swath yeah, for you yeah, to address, yeah. but just what are top of mind? What are the impediments to do that? Or what are the challenges we need to meet? If that is I, I, the ideal way to go, yeah, I'm not yeah. sure I'm there yet, but I, we'll see. Well, I, I, I think the integrate, A, I think the integrations are really hard. That data sharing is really hard because you're talking about, sharing across multiple entities and all of those multiple entities have to have the technology and then you also are talking about going to like if wells has one system and u.s bank has one system and chase has one like how are you if you're a, if you're an agent how do i think about integrating with all of these lenders and all of their systems so i think there's good that's that's where it gets really hard and i think that's what we have to think about um and, and then I do think that we'd need to think about 
protections, both in terms of consumer protections, I think in terms of data protections, in terms of privacy. There's going to be a lot of things where people are like, oh, I can do that with technology. But we just need to think about what that means and what that looks like. Data privacy is huge. It's huge today um, when we don't have all these integrations and we're just worried about this one digital closing or wrong platform and protecting security there, much less one where, you know, all of all of the information is through one channel. Hmm. Very interesting. Five years, 10 years. Are you a gambling man, a guessing man? Yeah. So when I when I get asked that question, I'm I'm usually putting it into percentages, right? So I say in five years, like this is the the question I try to think of it is, do I think that we can get to the point where a third of the closing transactions are being done completely electronic in five years? Yes, I think we can get there. Do I think we're going to get to two-thirds or 75%, I'm not sure in five years that we're going to be able, that we're going to still be able to get there. I think we are entrenched in the paper process, and it's going to take a lot of things, a lot of movement, and a lot of changes in order to get around some of that. And the current law um, provides that if a borrower chooses the paper route, they get the paper route, and, and until that law changes. Well, it's hard to believe that we are out of time, Shane. Um, Michael, if there are any great questions out there, um, I guess you're just going to have to send them to me and we'll have to respond individually. Shane, thank you again for taking the time to do this. Great conversation. Look forward to seeing you soon at an Alta conference. Yeah, hopefully. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully. That's right. Um, And then thank you to all the folks that attended today. I hope you found this discussion uh, interesting. I think there are a lot of things we talked about today that warrant another session to uh, (laughs) sort of have phase two of this discussion. Do not forget that we will push this content out on our podcast. And as always, thank you for your support of the fund.